Thank you for listening to the Soul City Church podcast. Be sure to follow us on our Facebook and Instagram at Soul City Church. For more information, visit us on our website, soulcitychurch.com. How are we doing, Soul City? All right, I'll just try that again. I'll just walk on. There we go. Yeah. How are we doing, Soul City? All right. All right. Well, it is good to be with you, and I am excited about this series that we are kicking off today called Relationship Goals. But before we dive into that, I do want to just tell you something real quickly. Uh, It has to do with your calendar and something that's coming up here at Soul City. We are hosting a vision night. It is going to be on Wednesday, February 12th, and I wanted to say this to you so that you can look at your calendar and anything you have on your calendar for that night, you can sadly call those people and say, I'm so sorry, I can't be there because I'm going to be at Soul City's vision night, okay? This is going to be an incredible, incredible evening as we look to where God is taking us in the future, and I don't want anyone to miss it. So February 12th, it's a Wednesday night. We are going to look at what does it mean for us to be a church that is ready for more. Okay, who wants to talk about relationships? Wow, that was convincing. I could just order like some quiches and we could have brunch together if that would be better. Who wants to talk about relationships? Okay, I want to talk about relationships today and really over the next three weeks, and I'm excited to see where God is going to take us. And uh, this last week, uh, you may have noticed this, uh, there was a moment and the media went crazy over a picture that emerged after an award show. There was an award show on Sunday night, and a couple that you and I love (laughs) were seen together for three seconds after the award show, and it literally was on every single media channel the next morning, right? Yes, our beloved Brad and Jen, I've been praying for 15 years for this moment. (laughs) And I I saw this picture, and I was like, maybe, maybe. And then I was like, Jeannie, what are you doing? Like, why are you so caught up with this, and why is everyone else in the world so caught up on this? And I I started wondering, why on earth do we do this? Like, why do we get ourselves all wrapped up in relationships? Whether it's the relationship of two people that you've never even met, whether it's a relationship that you've been in, relationships that your friends are in, people that you love. Why do we put hashtag relationship goals over people that look like they have a perfect relationship? Here are my friends, Beyonce and Jay-Z. They got a perfect bank account, but maybe not, you know, everything else that is perfect. I started wondering, like, why for 23 seasons have we decided to watch The Bachelor and 15 seasons of The Bachelorette? Like, no offense, is it just because we all have empathy towards Chris Harrison and we don't want him to be unemployed? Like, why why are we so caught up in relationships? I started wondering, why is it that we have such high hopes for this ideal of happily ever after? When if we're really 
honest, we know, we know better. We know that there are no fairy tale endings with castles and crowns. You can just ask these two. <laughs> and so I, I've started wondering. I started wondering, why is there so much pain and turbulence in people's lives when it has to do with relationships. And I know this is going to sound, you know, profound to you. It's because relationships are complicated. They are. Thank you. One person is testifying today. Relationships are complicated, amen? They are complicated. Guess what? They are mega complicated in here. I can't find one good one in here. They're complicated, and we overly complicate them. And while everyone wants to avoid heartbreak, heartbreak is almost impossible to avoid. Show of hands, how many people in this room have experienced challenges or tension or heartbreak in your relationships? Yeah. The people that are not raising their hands, you might want to look for their number afterwards. Um, <laughs> just some, some free advice. Uh, me too. I am right there raising my hand with you. And that is why I wanted to do this series, not because I have some kind of secret formula that is going to keep you from ever experiencing heartbreak again. I wish I did. Um, if I did, I'd be on tour with Oprah right now. Um, <laughs> I wanted to do this series because what breaks my heart is when you experience heartbreak over things that are avoidable. That's what breaks my heart, is when I find myself in conversations with you, moments when I'm praying with you, or praying for you, or I'm responding to an email, and it breaks my heart when you are experiencing heartbreak over the things that could be avoidable in your relationships. You know, we say this every time we gather together. Patrick just said it. Our mission as a church is we want to lead people into a transforming relationship with Jesus. And I have become convinced that the litmus test of that working the litmus test of Jesus transforming our lives, the litmus test of your health is by the quality of your most intimate relationships. That's where you're going to be able to tell whether you are actually transforming or not. That's where the proof actually comes out. The proof of your transformation in Jesus will be seen in your most intimate relationships. Do you know that it is impossible to be spiritually mature and relationally immature? Do you know that it is impossible to be spiritually healthy and relationally unhealthy? But the problem when it comes to the complication with relationships is that no one has taught us how to do this. No one is teaching us how to have healthy relationships. Because here's what I have found. Anyone can fall in love. That's the easy part. Anyone can fall in love. But staying in love requires two healthy people. And that's where the work comes. And that's what we're going to talk about 
over the next three weeks. So the doors are right there. If, if, you, wanna, if you wanna go, I will not be offended. Um, next week, Jarrett and I are gonna team teach on some of the things that we have learned uh, over the years. We've been married for 23 years. We dated three years before that. I don't tell you that uh, because I think that's impressive. I tell you that because I think that makes us old. Um, and we're gonna talk about um, we're going to peel back the layers. We're going to get really honest about what God has taught us uh, in those 26 years. The third week, uh, I'm going to talk about when your relationships end, when there's heartbreak, when there's breakups, when there's conflict, when there's divorce, when you find yourself on the other side and you had no plan of being there. And today, I want to get honest about something that I believe is true about everyone here. Now, while I believe that every single one of us is unique, every single one of us is special, all of you are your own special, unique snowflake, you can believe that about yourself, there is something that makes every single one of us the same. Every single person in here, everybody is the same. And here's what it is. Everybody wants to be with somebody. Everybody wants to be with somebody. Everybody wants to be loved by somebody. You want to be celebrated, to be liked, to be accepted as you are, to have someone to safely share your secrets with, to have someone to turn to when you are walking through a crisis and someone to turn to when you are experiencing celebration, to have someone that tells you, you look great in that outfit. And of course you don't look fat. <laughs> Everybody wants somebody. Everybody wants somebody. This is a, a universal truth about us. And that is because you were hardwired together. You were created. You were fashioned by God, made for connection. You were made to experience intimacy. And our heartbreaks come when connection and intimacy are pursued the wrong way. That's when we experience heartache. That's when we experience heartbreak. When we pursue connection and intimacy the wrong way. And this is what is so powerful about connection and intimacy. When you experience it, when you experience connection and intimacy, if you are walking through the darkest storm, you feel like you can keep going. But if you don't have connection and intimacy in your life, when you are on the single greatest mountaintop, it feels empty without someone to share connection and intimacy with. God made you to want intimacy. But just because everybody wants it doesn't mean everybody knows how to get it. Just because we all want intimacy does not mean that we all know how to get intimacy. Now, I, I have a profound and deep truth that I want to share with you about this, and I want you to prepare your minds because you are about to experience a mind blow, okay? <laughs> there is a difference. You ready for this? You ready for this? There is a difference 
between everybody and not everybody. <laughs> See, it's so profound, it hasn't even sunk in. <laughs> there is a difference between everybody and not everybody. Everybody wants a relationship. Everybody. But not everybody has a clear goal for their relationships. And to have clear relationship goals, you have to know what you are aiming at. You have to have a clear bullseye. This is not just relationship wisdom, this is life wisdom. If you don't know what you are aiming at, you will hit nothing every time. How many of you have heard this phrase? If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. The same is true about our relationships. To get what you want, you have to have a clear goal. And to get what you want to reach that goal, you have to have a clear aim. And if you have a consistent commitment towards that aim over time, you will hit it. How many of you have ever played darts? Yeah, it's a fun game. We have a dartboard in our basement, and we love to play darts. It's a fun, fun thing for us to do as a family. I will say uh, the wall that the dartboard hangs on, there are a lot of holes not on the dartboard, a lot of holes in that wall. But those of you that have ever played darts, you know that you will be successful at playing darts if your aim is clear if you are going for the bullseye, right? And if you follow through, that, that's how you hit the bullseye. That's how you hit the center. So, so here's what's true about darts. You have to aim, you have to get clear, you have to know what you're going for to hit the center. And the thing is, is that you don't always hit it every time. I'm so excited. <laughs> That's the Holy Spirit, guys. I don't have to say anything else now. Woo! All right, that felt good. That felt really good. I don't even know what I was talking about. Aim, direction. Okay. I cannot believe I just did that. That was so great. We're definitely going with the 1130 service online. Okay, back to what I was supposed to be saying. When it comes to your relationships, if your aim is in the wrong direction, the result will always lead to heartache. If you are not aiming towards a healthy relationship, you being a healthy you, you will experience heartbreak. It is, it is something that you can actually depend on. Let me, let me show you what I mean by this profound difference between everybody and not everybody, okay? Everybody wants someone to be with, but not everybody becomes someone that people want to be with. Everybody, every single person wants somebody to be with, but not everybody actually becomes someone that people want to be with. And if you are just aiming at somebody to be with, if that is your relationship goal, I just want someone to be with, I can promise you something. You will experience heartache. 
because you will most likely settle, you will take whatever comes, and you will compromise whatever standards and values that you once had. But becoming someone that people want to be with, that changes the aim. If you are devoted to becoming someone that someone would want to be with, then that's the kind of people that you are going to attract into your life. People aiming in the same direction are attracted to one another. This works when you're single. This works when you're in a relationship. This works in your marriage. If you are seeking to aim in the direction of health, the people around you that you are building a relationship with are going to be drawn to the same thing. You're going to build relationships with people that want to aim in the same direction. I see this in our marriage all the time. When Jarrett's aim is clear, it draws me to want to make my aim clearer. When my aim is clear, it draws Jarrett to want to make his aim clearer. When we're just trying to get darts up on the board and we are not clear about our aim, I can see that and detect that in our relationship. Everybody wants someone to be with, but not everybody becomes someone that people want to be with. Another profound truth here about the difference between everybody and not everybody. Everybody wants to be in a relationship that satisfies all of their needs. But not everybody understands relationships are not meant to satisfy all your needs. We, all of us, have probably had a moment in our lives where, where we had a hope, we had a dream, we had an idea of a someone that was gonna come into our lives. We knew what they were like. We, we knew what they were uh, you know, into. We, we had this hope and we, and we had this dream of this one person that would satisfy all of our relational needs. And then you met that someone. And it was dreamy for a little bit. Until, <laughs> there's a lot of commentary in the room today. <laughs> Until you woke up from that dream. And listen, you can talk to her afterwards because she has a lot of experience. But when you hang your hope on one person satisfying all of your needs, you are setting yourself up for disappointment because being satisfied is not the goal of relationships. Being satisfied is the goal for a healthy meal. And the last time I checked, comparing your relationships to a healthy meal doesn't work so well. When you are looking for someone to satisfy you like your lunch, that's not good. And some of us are finding relationships with a lot of sugar and empty cards, and you're going back for more in the wrong direction. One person cannot satisfy you. There is only one being that can do that, and that is Jesus. But a person walking around this planet you hanging your hope on them satisfying you will leave you empty every time. There's a passage in the Bible that says, 
We are to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. That's what relationships do. It's not about satisfaction. It's about spurring one another on towards love and good deeds. Another thing that everybody goes looking for is everybody is looking to fix someone else. I know some of you are like, oh, not me. That's, that's not true about me. My, my partner, yes. But everybody wants to fix someone else. But not everybody works to fix themselves. You see, after the chemistry of a new relationship wears thin, everybody starts to find something to fix in the person they're with. And when that becomes your aim, when that becomes the thing that you are setting your eyes on, I just need to fix them. I just need to change this tiny little thing. If they would just do this different, all of us, I would be better. Our relationship would be better. And when your aim is off and the bullseye is unclear, it is just like any other goal. If you aim at nothing, you will hit it every time. And some of us have been in relationships so long and the bullseye is off because you're just trying to fix the person that you're with and you have forgotten the only person you can fix is you. And you're spending all of your relational energy and equity on changing this person that you once were so dreamy about and trying to confine them into something else. And often we get so stuck believing that the problem in our relationships is someone else or the lack of someone else. And when it comes to relationships, you are the only one that can make sure that you hit the bullseye. You're the only one. Uh, Our pastor in Atlanta used to like to, to ask the question this way. He used to like to say, are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Isn't that a great question? Are you becoming the person that the person you're looking for is looking for? Because here's the thing. Everybody, of course, wants to be with someone. Everybody wants to be in a relationship that will satisfy their needs. Everybody wants to eventually fix someone else. But guess what? You have no control over that. You have absolutely no control over that. And the only thing you can actually do to find and sustain a healthy relationship is control your aim. To control your aim. To work on you. To become the someone that someone is looking for. And if you aren't becoming a healthy person, you won't be prepared to build a healthy relationship. Because guess who is in every relationship you have ever had? You. (laughs) You have been in every single relationship you have ever had. You're the common denominator. And if you are not pursuing health, there is no chance you are going to have an intimate, healthy relationship with anyone, whether you are single or dating or married or divorced or hoping to date again. But the good news about all of this is that the dart is in your hand. And God can change the aim. God can shift the bullseye. And he wants to give you better 
relationship goals. Real quickly, I want to look at a passage, um, and you don't need to turn there because I want to teach it actually out of a different translation today. I want to teach it out of the the message version from the the first book of John. And I just want to read this to you and then share a few thoughts about it. 1 John 2, 16 through 17. John says, don't love the world's ways. Don't love the world's goods. Love of the world squeezes out love for the Father. Practically everything that goes on in the world, when you want your own way, when you want everything for yourself, when you want to appear important, it has nothing to do with the Father. In fact, it just isolates you from him. The world and all of its wanting, wanting, wanting is on the way out. But whoever does what God wants is set for eternity. John is saying, when you love the world, you will love like the world. When you walk through this world like everyone else in the world, when you just categorize yourself like everybody, you will love like the world. And when you love like the world, you have no shot at building healthy relationships because you squeeze God's love right out of the equation. You isolate yourself. And strangely, while feeling alone, you are just like everybody else. Everybody wants somebody. John, John names it here, the wanting, wanting, wanting. We want to be with someone. But when we pursue it in the way the world pursues relationships, we never actually build a healthy relationship. John says, whoever does what God wants is set for eternity, set for a different kind of love, a healthy kind of love, and you get to experience love differently. And to experience love differently, you need a different kind of love in the center of the bullseye. And when Jesus is the clear directive for who you are going to become, that will draw you towards a healthy relationship. You see, if the world is the voice, if the world is the voice telling you how to do relationships, your relationships are going to look like the world. If, if that's the voice that you keep listening to, then your relationships are going to look like the relationships of the world. And that's because unhealthy voices never lead to healthy choices. If, if what you are putting in your mind is unhealthy counsel, unhealthy voices, it is going to lead to unhealthy choices. And, and when you think about what everybody is trying to pursue, that everybody wants to be with someone, when I look at the qualities of the relationships in the world today, 
One of the most noticeable qualities that I see in unhealthy people and in unhealthy relationships is a constant degrading of one another instead of dignifying one another. I wonder, when it comes to your relationships, when it comes to the things you say about one another, when it comes to the things that you say to each other, the terms that you use to describe one another, do you choose dignity? Or do you just say what, whatever comes out of your mouth? You see, to experience love differently, we have to aim differently. We have to speak differently. We have to make conscious choices about what we say about one another, about what we say to each other. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I was um, coming home in an Uber, and my Uber dropped me off about a, a block or so away from where I live because it was easier to, to get out there and then to just walk a block. And, and as I got out and as I was coming down the street, I saw a woman coming towards me and she was on her cell phone and she was talking and she was talking very loudly. And I could tell that she was in a very intense conversation. And it was not the kind of intense conversation like she was um, speaking flowery words of love. It was the opposite of that. And whoever was on the other end of the call, as she was speaking to this person, as she was calling them a, a lying, cheating, she was very um, concerned with who they were the son of and who their mother was. <laughs> there, there was something going on. It, the, the familial relationships were coming out as she was talking. And I, I, I thought to myself, wow. what it must be like to hear those words. What it must be like to be spoken to like that. And I wonder, married couples, how do you speak to your husband or to your wife, to your spouse, to your partner? Do you speak with dignity? Do you speak with honor? Do you speak with respect? Exes. How do you speak about your ex? What words do you use when you describe them? Those of you that are dating, do you speak about the person that you're dating with dignity? Or do you degrade them? when you talk about them. Men, when you talk about women, when you talk about women, what is the first thing that you say about them? Do you speak about them with dignity? Or do you speak about them as a commodity? And ladies, you are not off the hook. Ladies, when you talk about men, do you speak like a lady? Do you speak like a woman that is directing her aim towards God? 
What are the words that are coming out of your mouth? So unhealthy people degrade others. Healthy people dignify others. They also, unhealthy people, look for what they can get, while healthy people look for what they can give. When your aim at the bullseye is just what you can get out of the relationship, you will take anyone, you will do anything, you will sleep anywhere, and your relationship will not be about who you are becoming. And a different kind of love looks for what you can give versus what you can get. A different kind of love chooses to be selfless and kind and generous and self-controlled. It's not about what you can get in the relationship. It is about what you can give in the relationship. Unhealthy people in relationships deceive. Healthy people are honest. And some of you are like, gosh, she's like getting hard up there. Like she's going after us. I should have left when she mentioned the door. <laughs> I want to press in. Do you smudge the truth? Do you tell tiny white lies and you're okay with it? Do your cover-ups get you out of things that you should not have been in anyways? That's deception. That's deception. Healthy people choose honesty. And even when it's hard, even when it's difficult, even when it's so vulnerable to tell the truth, healthy people always choose to be honest. Healthy people are self-aware. Unhealthy people are self-centered. And just like the passage in John, everybody can center their thoughts on what they want. Remember, everybody wants to be with somebody, right? And John even said it over and over again. Wanting, 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 he said in the passage. Wanting your own way, wanting things for yourself, wanting to appear important. Do you know what healthy people want? They want to understand their wants. Just because you're a healthy person doesn't mean that you're going to not want unhealthy things. Listen, I love unhealthy things. <laughs> like food and, and that kind of stuff. And healthy people choose to do the work to figure out, why is it that I want that thing? Why is it that I want to say that thing? Why is it that I want to tell that little, like, half-baked truth? Why is it that I don't want them to know that thing about me? And healthy people want to understand their wants. Why do I do this, God? Is this what you want from me, God? Healthy people don't wonder if they've ever been unhealthy. They just ask, how can I be unhealthy? And then they redirect the aim. And what I have noticed over time is that healthy people create healthy relationships, but unhealthy people create unhealthy relationships. 
It's pretty consistent. If your aim is not the center of the bullseye to be a healthy person, you can most likely depend on not having a healthy relationship. And I've seen this in my own life over and over and over again. I, I mentioned that Jarrett and I have been married for 23 years, and I think it was about year six or seven into our relationship. And there was no, like, big, inciting incident. There was no blow-up. There was no big thing that had happened. But we were struggling in our relationship. We were struggling to communicate. We were struggling to understand one another. We were really good at making assumptions and then believing those assumptions. We were really good at having expectations and never communicating those expectations, but then being angry at one another when those expectations were not met. And and it was just, there was a tonalness about our relationship in the way that we spoke to each other, in the way that we worked through conflict with one another. We were short-tempered. We weren't choosing patience. Fruits of the Spirit were not like growing up out of the garden of Jared and Jeannie's marriage. And I remember so clearly we were out on a date night one night and, um, and we were talking and Jared just said, babe, you know, I, I have been thinking a lot about our relationship. I've been thinking a lot about um, what it is that we're building. And I found myself remembering our wedding day. And I found myself kind of replaying that day and replaying, you know, how special it was and replaying, like, all the people that were there that we love. And I was replaying, you know, how beautiful you looked. And I'm having a hard time remembering this because at some point, you know, I know that we were in the front of the church and we were sharing our vows and we were saying I do to each other and making these lifelong promises and commitments and somewhere in that moment I don't remember when it happened but I don't remember when I said and I take you genie to be my life coach (laughs) and I of course in that moment you know my I was instantly humbled and brokenhearted and said, oh, honey, I'm so, of course I did not say that. (laughs) Who do you think I am, Jesus? I mean, I like got down under the table and got my dukes on, you know, I was like, I'm ready, right? Like I was ready with every single defense. Well, let me tell you, you need a life coach. It's a good thing I came into your life. (laughs) And I was mounting with all of my defenses and all of the things. We just got to circle over and over and over again. You know, pastors, do you know what they like to do? They like to tell you stories that have a bow on them. That we got down on our knees in a restaurant and prayed together and, you know... (laughs) heaven opened up and angels were singing. None of those things happened. Do you know what we did? We called a counselor. 
That's what we did. Because what I began to realize is that I was life coaching as a way to avoid who God wanted me to become. It was a way for me to to shoot at everything other than the bullseye. It was a way for me to distract myself from the fear of having to pay attention to some of the things that were really going on deep beneath the surface. It was a way for me to, to avoid some patterns in my life. It was a way for me to to make somebody feel terrible about themselves because I was feeling terrible about some things in my own life. That's why I was life coaching. And we got into counseling, and we have on and off for decades invited different people into our life to hold space, to help us, to, to, to help us get a clear aim. But one of the most important things that happened in that moment was I stopped aiming at who Jarrett was going to become. And I started working on who am I going to become. And I will tell you, if you want to be in a healthy relationship, it doesn't matter where you are at in the relationship spectrum today. If you want to be in a healthy relationship, the only person that you have domain over working on, right here, it's you. You can't fix anyone. You can't save anyone. You can't make anyone be something that you want them to be. It's you. And you know, Jesus says that that the world will know us by our love. That as as Christians, as followers of Jesus, that the world will best detect the love of Jesus by our love. And I want to ask you, how do you think we're doing at that? Like, Like when they look at us, what do you think our relationships are saying? You see, when Jesus is the center of the bullseye, it changes all of life. And following Jesus will make you make your life better, but following Jesus will make you better at life. It, it really will. It's not about meeting someone new. It's about you becoming someone new. It's about you becoming all of who God created you to be. And many of us in this room here today, we are products of people having no aim. Because in the world, everybody is shooting at anything. Just shooting at anything, trying to get someone into their life. And so many of us are walking around hurting and wounded and darts in our hearts. And some of us have been aiming at anything that moves. And you are wounding some other people. And I wonder if we could set some relationship goals. If we could change the bullseye as a group of people. I wonder, I just wonder what might happen. What might happen? You know, I was working on this message over this last week and 
I was struggling and um, I'm so tender to um, all of the relationship pain that lives just in this church. Disregard the world. The heartache, the heartbreak, the separations, the divorces, the breakups, the on again, off again, I don't know if we're together, I'm not sure. I, And it breaks my heart when our hearts are breaking. But I know that there is nothing that I can say, there is nothing that I can do to bring healing to that in any way other than the healing that Jesus can bring. Jesus is the only one. I, I, could, I could literally expound wisdom for the rest of the day, and I don't have much more. I've said all I have to say. Nothing is going to heal your relational wounds other than Jesus. And as I was writing this last week and struggling, I felt like Jesus literally just said, all of that's rubbish unless you invite people to start a relationship with me. It's rubbish, Jeannie. Literally rubbish. I was like, but God, everybody, not everybody. Like, it, it works. He's like, go with that. And I want to say to you, if Jesus is not at the center of the bullseye for you, if you are trying to do this relational world without Jesus at the center of the bullseye, I would be remiss if I did not give you an opportunity to invite him in and to play the center of your life. So I want to invite everybody to stand right now. And if there's anyone in this place today that is struggling, or, or maybe while I was talking, you, you just know. You're like, yeah, that's me. I, I've been trying to do this, and Jesus is not the center, and I want him to be, but I don't know how to do that. If that's you, I just want to pray for you. I want you to pray with me right now. And if there's anyone in this room and you are on, like, relational, difficult footing and, and there is turbulence in your relationships, I want to pray for you. And so if you wouldn't mind just bowing your head and right now, if that's you, if, if you know that it's the Holy Spirit that's talking to you right now, and you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus, and you have been trying to go at this relational game solo, would you just put your hand up in the air so that I can pray for you and pray with you, and you want to invite Jesus into the center of your life. You want him to be the clear focus. You want him to be what you build your life upon. If that's you, would you just put your hand up in the air right now? Because I want to pray for you and with you. So Jesus, I thank you for every single person that is raising their hand in this room right now. I thank you that you love them, Jesus. I thank you that you see them. I thank you that you have literally given your life in exchange for their life. And God, I thank you that you want to redirect the aim. You want to change the bullseye, God. 
You want to be center, front and center in their life, God. And Lord, we just come before you um, confessing that on our own, we are so capable of messing things up and we need you. We need you in our lives, Jesus. So come in. Would you, would you redirect our aim? Would you redirect our lives? And for anyone in this room, God, that is struggling in their relationships today, would you remind them that you are with them, that you are for them, that you are good, and that you long to build our relationships on a solid foundation, and that we can build our life on you. God, thank you that you are, you are a way-making God, <laughs> that even when the aim is off, you redirect us and you make a way. So I pray for every single relationship that is represented here today, Jesus. I pray that when the world looks in, they would see your love. And we pray this in your name. Amen.